You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is preached by Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, we are here this morning because this is a fact, a truth, a historical reality. On the third day, He rose again from the dead. This is not a mere story or a parable or an allegory or a myth, but real and true history. An event that happened in time and in space. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And this is an astonishing reality. And I sometimes wonder if it's not enough for an Easter sermon simply to say, Jesus is alive out of the grave, still living, ready to return and judge the quick and the dead. Amen. But that's a little bit short. So we have to hear more about what this means for us. Now, in the hearing of this, in fact, I think this is one of the temptations, in the hearing and rejoicing in the fact of the resurrection, I think we are tempted to forget because we're used to hearing it and used to confessing it, how wonderful It is. And how world-shattering this truth is. I remember uh, sitting with a a missionary who served in Botswana and telling the story of the work that he had done in a village, a particular village, where the people there had never heard the Scriptures. They had never heard the name of Jesus or anything about Him. They didn't know the Bible stories. And so he was teaching them. And he started, of course, with the story of Jesus. He He told them of the virgin birth, and they marveled. And they listened and pondered the parables of Jesus. And they were astonished to hear of His miracles. And then they heard of Jesus' passion. How He was betrayed by Judas. How He was taken to the high priests and to the council and to Pontius Pilate. And these people, hearing the story, were indignant. He said that they were shouting, He didn't do anything wrong. He should be free. They can't condemn Him. And then he told them of the suffering of Jesus, of the whip and the mockery and the beatings and the scourge and the crown of thorns and the nails and the cross. And the people, as they heard it, wept. They they sobbed. And then he told them of the empty tomb, of the angel's news to the women, of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, and he said that the people stood up and started dancing (laughs) and singing at the joy. In fact, he said that they started eating (laughs) and he couldn't finish telling the gospel story because they started getting the food and feasting for the joy of it. Now, can you imagine that? The truth of Easter breaking in on you for the first time. Something like that happened, uh, Carrie told me, something like that happened with her this week. She was telling of the death and resurrection of Jesus to the three-year-olds at school. There's some scary parts to the story, she told them, but it has a good ending. And she told them about the cross and about the death of Jesus and and about His burial. And then the end. On Sunday morning, the women came to the tomb where they had put Jesus, but the stone was rolled away 
and they went in and they saw that the tomb was empty and that Jesus wasn't there because He wasn't dead anymore. He was alive again. He rose from the dead. And the children's eyes, the report goes, were popping out of their heads and one of the little three-year-old girls said, that's the best story I've ever heard. (laughs) Now that's right. That's right. And that joy takes us back to the events themselves. As the fact of the resurrection was breaking in on the disciples. I mean, think of it. The women going to the tomb and seeing it empty and and then seeing an angel and pondering what they say. Peter and John running and finding the empty tomb. Or Mary Magdalene, who's talking to, to Jesus in the garden, but mistakes Him for the gardener and asks and asks Him where He put the body. And then the rumors start to grow among the disciples. Jesus appeared to Mary. Or Jesus talked to Peter. Or Jesus walked with us on the road. Jesus stood in our midst. Jesus breathed on us, gave us the Holy Spirit, told us to forgive sins. He showed me His hands and His side and His feet. He made us fish for breakfast. And so He appeared to the disciples more and more, and then at one time to over 500 people all at once, and they all bore witness to the fact of the empty tomb and the risen Christ. But think of it, before they bore witness to the fact, they were witnesses of the fact. They saw Jesus. And there was a moment when they went from mourning the death of Jesus to rejoicing in His resurrection. A moment of fear and joy and wonder all mixed together when the question, Christ has risen, became the confession, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Now, this is stunning. And I suppose that there are moments, even for those of us who grew up with the confession of the resurrection of Jesus on our lips, even as babies, where the truth of the resurrection will dawn on us as well. The grave of Jesus really is empty. Christ is truly arisen. And we recognize how that truth changes the world. It changes history. It changes the future. It changes the way we think and act and sing and pray and worship and live. And this is a great part of our Easter joy. But I would like to suggest, dear saints, to you this morning that it is not hearing of the resurrection of Jesus for the first time that we are after, trying to recreate the marvel of the first time that we ourselves heard of the resurrection of Jesus, but that we are gathered here to hear of the resurrection of Jesus, of this event and the promise that grows from it, not just with wonder, but most especially with faith. The Holy Spirit has gathered us here this morning so that we would believe this word, that Christ is arisen. And in fact, it's in believing this word that the Holy Spirit brings to us the death and the resurrection of Jesus. He gives us not only the report of the resurrection, but the promise 
of the resurrection. And that is the forgiveness of sins and the sure hope of your own resurrection. When we hear the Gospel account of the empty tomb and the risen Christ, when we hear the apostles preaching about how Jesus even now is alive and rules and reigns from the Father's right hand, we do not simply wonder or awe. We believe and we trust that it happened and that it happened for us. Because the resurrection of Jesus, like His birth and His life and His suffering and His death and everything else that Jesus did and said and accomplished, all of it is for us. It is for you. It is for your benefit. It is for your life and your salvation and the forgiveness of your sins. Remember, Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That means your sin. Pastor Flammy reminded us in his beautiful Good Friday sermon, about how Jesus is the sin-bearer and about how when Jesus was baptized, there were two sermons preached on that occasion. How God the Father preached from heaven about the innocence of Christ. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And John the Baptist preached from the river about how Jesus was the bearer of sin. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And we see that We see Jesus bearing our sin on Good Friday. We see our sin when we see Jesus suffering. We see our sin in His bleeding. We see our sin in the nails and the cross and in the darkness as Jesus cries out and breathes His last. We see our sin on full display before us, crushing Jesus, putting Him to death. But now, look at the resurrection. Where are your sins now? Can you find them? I mean, here is Jesus who's alive and joyful and free and He's destroyed death and destroyed Him who had the power of death, the devil. He's conquered them all. He has triumphed and your sins are nowhere to be found. Not a trace of them is left. Like the prophet Micah preached and prayed, You will cast all our sins into the depth of the sea. He has done it. Your sins are covered with His blood. He's blotted out the handwriting that was against us. He's won the Father's favor for you. And now He is risen in victory. Because Jesus, who took your place on the cross under God's wrath, did it so that you might be a partaker of His life. He died so that you might live. And His resurrection, His life, is a sure sign of this, His victory. It is the banner of His conquering of our sin and death. So Jesus, says St. Paul, is the first fruits of the resurrection, and you, dear saints, are the second fruits. (laughs) You're destined to be raised to life eternal. Because the grave of Jesus is empty, your grave will also be empty, just as empty as His. And your life, just as eternal as His. So we rejoice. We wonder. We marvel at the resurrection of Jesus. And most especially, we believe it.
This resurrection of Jesus is your confidence and your hope. You trust it. And so trusting, you live in the confidence of the resurrection, the confidence of the destruction of death, the confidence of the forgiveness of sins, and the joy of this bold confession that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. And this peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope.